Asbury, Methodist Village, and Montgomery County take senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal Opportunity Housing Provider. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Tool Shed. This is episode 155 of the Fantrax Tool Shed with Clay and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We're heading out west today for some Arizona Fall League discussion, and with me to do so is my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, man? Not much. It just feels like we're not chatting as much like over the pod, and that's sad. I, I miss doing it multiple times a week. I know we're getting back into it soon, so it's always good to get on the mic and and talk baseball. So uh, definitely looking forward to this discussion because we're going to talk about you know, a place we're going to be shortly, which uh, I'm really yeah. excited about. Yeah, it, it does feel weird, doesn't it? Like, it's like we get like the middle of the week. It's like Tuesday. I'll be like, oh, I, what, what are we going to talk about tomorrow night? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We're not doing it tomorrow night. It's, it's weird going from two to one. Like We're still doing weekly. So, But yeah, it's weird not doing two a week. But yeah, like I said, we'll be back to two a week, probably about five weeks away from that. And we might throw some extra pods in for that and see what we have to talk about. But yeah, some Arizona Fall League coverage today. The league's been going on for, what, about three weeks or so, Chris? Something like that. Yeah. And so we got some some stat leaders here, some standouts, some struggles, a lot of a good mix of everything here. But before we get into that, the usual housekeeping, you can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I am at EricCross04, and our show's at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both Chris and I. We'll be pumping out you know, Arizona Fall League content, early looks at our team-by-team prospect rankings. You know, obviously, we get the live prospect rankings, a lot of fun stuff, so check that out. And our YouTube channel as well for plenty of video throughout the offseason and into 2023. Recent videos include some breakdowns on Grayson Rodriguez, O'Neill Cruz, early looks at my early 2023 rankings a lot of fun stuff on there and we'll get some afl live looks on there as well a lot of fun stuff there so go over and subscribe to that youtube channel if you wouldn't mind we appreciate the support and of course at fan tracks 2023 leagues are already open we got best balls open as well so if you get that itch to get back in the draft room which lord knows we all do you can do so now over at fantrax.com all right chris let's get into it here let's start off with a couple of big names two guys that are pretty much thought of as top five prospects right now and they both shared the same first name of jordan that'd be jordan lawler of the diamondbacks and jordan walker of the air of the st louis cardinals excuse me both of which are just absolutely dominating out there you know walker you know chris you've been posting a lot of the you know the exit velocity numbers 
for that Walker's been putting up, man. And we know, obviously, it's no surprise that you know he has the strength, but he's shown to be a very well-rounded fantasy player, almost you know adding the, some speed element to his game this year, hitting for high averages to go along with that power. And I still think there's more power on the tank. Like he he has a case to be. He's one of the leaders in the clubhouse. For once, you know, Carroll and and Gunner graduate in what first week of the season or second week of the season. He has a case, a strong case to be maybe the number one overall prospect in baseball. It's kind of nuts. He's been just hitting the ball incredibly hard. And he's been good all around. Like I've watched every game that's been streamed and he just has good plate discipline. Like he's so confident. Like he's the best player on the field and he knows it, which has been a huge benefit to him in my opinion. Like he just goes out there and he's that confident and he knows that he's going to hit the ball hard every time up. So there's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight balls hit over 110 miles an hour in the fall league at Salt River Fields. And he's done it six of the eight times. The other two, <laughs> Reese Hines and Davis and De Los Santos. So, like I said, just, just nuts what he's doing, really. So, you want all of his numbers just for reference 30 batted ball events. 95.3 mile an hour average EV 90th percentile 111. Just for reference, that's Aaron Judge was 111.6 this year. Stanton was way ahead of like 114, but j- so he would have been just behind Aaron Judge, third best in the MLB with that. The launch angle has been really consistent too. Like the standard deviation of his launch angle at 21.5 degrees, like would have also been like the best in baseball. So just really good stuff that he's doing. 18 hard hits of those 30, that's 60 percent. Sweet spot, 30% of the time, uh, 13.3% barrel rate. Just silly numbers, honestly, what he's doing and just blown everybody else out of the water in pretty much every aspect of the game so far. Yeah, man. Like these, the, all these St. Louis outfielders that have debuted recently, they are on notice right now because Jordan Walker is coming in a hurry. Oh, he was at double A for all of this year. As a 19-year-old for the first like month of the season, he won't turn 21 until middle of May, May 22nd. Next year, he'll turn 21. So you figure he'll start at AAA, and I won't be surprised if St. Louis brings him up. If he starts off the year hot and just continues you know, the hot stretch from 20 to, in the entire 2022 season, he was just hot, and then now red hot in the AFL as well. If he, he comes up the gates hot 2023 in AAA, He's probably up before the All-Star break. I can't imagine he's down there for a long time. And he's going to be taking a spot. Like This is a guy that will take a spot. It's already crowded out there. We know that. But nobody out there has really kind of cemented themselves as being like, all right, I got this job on lockdown, and Walker is going to take a spot. Now, I'm not sure which spot, but he's moving to the outfield. Obviously, they got Nolan Arenado there. He played again about 25 or so, 25 to 30 games in the outfield this past year in double A. That's where he's played exclusively in the Arizona Fall League, seven in right, four in center, and a couple out there in left. And yeah, this guy's going to be an absolute monster. Like he had 306, 388, 510 with 19 home runs, 22 steals, and 119 games this past year. Walk rate over 10%, keeps the K rate in the low 20% range, and he just keeps getting better and better all while being you know, young for the level he's been at. So, again, I don't know. There's a a cluster. Obviously, uh, Ellie is in the discussion. Jackson Churio. I think you can put Lawler in there. Anthony Volpe. Those are probably the five. Maybe James Wood, but I think he's a little below these guys. But 
it might be Jordan Walker because this guy, like you mentioned, that everything's there, Chris. Like yeah. exit velocities are there. He's adding speed. He's hitting for average. He's got a good approach. There's not really any like deficiency in his game right now, while being young wherever he's been at. So he might right. be number one. We'll see. Yeah. But it's been fun to watch. Yeah, I didn't even mention the fact that he's registered a sprint speed of twenty nine point nine feet per second which is what O'Neill Cruz did last year. And there's only 11 players in baseball that were fat, had a faster sprint speed. And he registered a throw from the outfield at 99.5 miles an hour. The, the athlete and the specimen that Jordan Walker is, is just something special. And I wish that I had seen this out of high school. Like I really didn't think that he would turn into this. There was a lot of swing and miss concern. And he just put all of that aside and it's been stellar. Like I think there's an argument for best prospect in baseball. You know what? I'm gonna make a move right now in my rankings. I'm putting him uh, number three right now. Yeah, I'm putting That's... him. I'm just, I'm just looking because I think when you fact when you combine ceiling and floor for like that that group of five I just mentioned, I think he has the highest blend. I mean, yeah. you you could say maybe Elliot. I think Elliot has a higher pure ceiling, but not by as big of a gap as the gap between Walker and Ellie's floors are. Same thing with Churio. He, I don't think quite has the upside of Walker. Maybe similar floor, but yeah, I think. And then Jordan Lawler, I think it's just a, a step, slight step behind. So yeah, I just moved Walker to number three. He, I had him at six. He's now number three behind Corbin and Gunner. So yeah, definitely a leader in the clubhouse there. And then Jordan Lawler too. What's this? We're talking about Jordan's here. He's done. He's cooled off a little bit of late, but he's just kind of proving that he is definitely a top five fantasy prospect, hitting for you know power, stealing bags out there. Solid approach as well. 278, 469, 528 slash line. He's got four extra base hits, two of which are home runs, four steals. And he's walked 11 times in 11 games, only struck out 14 times. Is he a top five prospect for you, Chris, right now? it's He's Great. close. There's just yeah. so many at the top. It's like, I don't even right. know like where, where to go, you know? And, and that's a good problem to have. Like, obviously, like you have the two guys that haven't graduated yet in Carroll and Gunnar Henderson. But... After that, there's a big cluster. It's just a big tier. So, like, I've really struggled with, you know, where to put these guys. All right. So, right now, I have Lawler seventh. So, he's in that cluster, though. Yeah. I would say three through seven are a cluster because after that, I've got James Wood. I'm not as confident. I'm I'm confident in Walker, Ellie, Churio, Volpe, and Lawler is three through seven. Me too. Yeah. And I have wood eight as well. So I think um, we probably have them slightly different, but yeah, we have that definitely with the one, two, and then the three through seven is tier two. And then wood is, could be in tier two. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I echo that. I'm not quite as confident as I am in those guys, but they go what Lauer and Lauer was another guy that was young for the level two. He get up to double a Armorillo, And yeah, he did struggle a, a little bit there, but he was barely 20 getting to that level overall in the year, hit over 300, 400 OBP over 500 slug. He had 18 doubles, seven triples, 16 home runs, 39 steals, only caught six times. Similar, you know, kind of walk and strikeout rates to maybe a little higher K rate than Walker, but a little better walk rate than Walker. So if he continues to show power improvements and gets to that 20 plus home runs with 30 plus steals and, you know, good everywhere else, he's definitely going to be legit as well. It's a, it's a really a fun time for prospects because there's no click at number one, especially next year. It's going to be a big cluster. It's going to be really fun to see how that shakes out as the season gets going. Moving over to Mr. Zach Veen. And Chris and I were talking before we came on the air, and I was saying, like, I don't know how I want to value Veen because 
he's morphing into a prospect that I don't really think anybody, even the people that saw him the most coming into that 2020 draft, would have anticipated, right? Because we thought, all right, the power's there, maybe a little bit of speed and probably a solid enough hit tool. And the hit tool has been there. And I still think there is potential for more power, but he is just hasn't stopped running wild. Like last year, it was like a fun little thing. Like, oh, look at this. Zach Veen selling a ton of bags, but it's, you know, in the low minors. Take it with a grain of salt. He had, what, 36 bags last year in 106 games in low A. With, and he's also caught 17 times, not a high efficiency. But this year, even up to double A, he was still stealing bags. Overall, had 55 steals, only caught nine times. Though he was only five out of 10 at double A. But he just has not stopped running. Though the average went down to 245, got better as the year went on. Only 12 home runs this year and a 139 ISO. And that kind of is similar to what you're seeing out in the AFL, where he's hitting 409. Eight walks, only three Ks, but only one home run, a 137 ISO, and he has 13 bags, leads the league in steals in only 12 games. I mean, Chris, where, where do you value Veen right now? Because obviously that speed is still bringing a lot of value, but the power is kind of not progressing as we thought. I know he's a tough one to rank right now. Hey, he is. That's, I think, the biggest question mark because – I don't really expect him to be like this big time steals guy. And maybe he's just going to keep doing it and I'm wrong, but it's hard to like envision him as that, even though that's all he's been. So I don't know. I mean, it was certainly concerning when he jumped to double A and, you know, the strikeout rate ballooned to 30% and he hit 177. It was a smaller sample, but ground ball rate spiked and all the strikeouts like were concerning. Like, where's the game power, I guess? And that's, that's what we need to figure out. Like, what kind of power hitter will we see? Because maybe there's questions of like, and I think what's important to think about is also when we're talking about like minor leaguers is like park factors. And it's underrated when I think when people look at stats. So I need to look up where Hartford would have been double A, right? And yep. he wasn't there long. Where is high A for Colorado? Spokane. Spokane, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Spokane plays way up for home run power. Like it has a 173 park factor, which is just absolutely nuts. Like, you know, by far the highest in high A. So, like, that's a bit concerning. And Hartford, Hartford plays a little bit above average for home run power, but yeah, you know, that's not fair. A ton. I, I've been to Hartford. It's a nice park. Yeah. yeah. It's like his power's been bad like he had what a 170 so in spokane and obviously i'm looking at these his entire stats i, I didn't look at his home and road splits and in, in high a but 170 iso overall at the level you know 439 slug that's not terrible but so i don't think it's where we we thought it would be yeah that's fair and when you see a player like tovar come up and hit for power in both levels that Ving didn't like that's someone we didn't expect it for power at all. Right. So, <laughs> I guess it's like totally flipped really of, of who they are. So I don't know. Veen's one of the toughest players to rank. I think right now, I think that he is a top 50 prospect, but I, I can't go too much higher. I'm got him at 49 right now. Yeah. I have, I think currently in the thirties. So I've obviously been a little higher than most on Veen, but yeah. So I think at this point with Veen, you got to at least, project him to be like a 20 steel guy at least obviously i'm not expecting him to be like this super elite 40 steel guy but definitely need to alter the stolen base projections from i think people a lot of people had him like five to ten maybe in the low 12 13 range 
you got to at least up that and probably double from where it was at, at draft time a couple years ago because he's shown that the willingness to run is there. He's gotten better on the base pass. And yeah, maybe he's not a double plus, you know, run tool guy, but definitely at least protect him for 20 plus. But where, yeah, where's that game power? Is he only going to be like a 15 homer guy or is he still going to be that 20 plus, 25 plus homer guy that I think a lot of people thought he could be? And we'll see. I think that. It's going to be very telling this year. I'll probably start back at double-A, probably get a couple months there. So I want to see how he performs in double-A to start the season. But, yeah, he could jump back up into the top 25. He could fall further down to like the 75 range. I just want to see what that bat is. I want to see him take another step forward with that bat. That's really – I want to see him out, out in the AFL, too. He's hitting well out there. But we'll see see what he looks like in 2023. I think there's going to be a lot of variance with his rank next year. And, and Johan Rojas, too. We don't have him on here to discuss, but – He's right behind Veen at 12 steals, and there's a drop down to third place with seven steals. Rojas looks, you know, kind of good. He's not hitting for any power, but hitting for average, stealing a ton of bags. I think he's a solid buy low in Dynasty, but we'll see. Who's next on our list here? Let's go over some power guys here. Two guys tying for the league lead in home runs out in the AFL. Well, actually, there's three, but Steven Scott's the third from the Red Sox, and I, he's not really fancy, bro. Well, maybe in deeper leagues, but we're talking about Hessen Kierstad and Matt Mervis today, both tied for the league lead with four home runs out in the AFL. Let me go back to that page here. Yeah, so Kierstad in 13 games, hitting 373, 403, 661, four home runs, five doubles. I believe he leads the league in total bases overall with nine but does have 17 Ks in just those 13 games. Mervis in 10 games, four home runs, two doubles, three walks to three steal, uh, three strikeouts, excuse me, 314, 375, and 714 slug. It's a 400 ISO on the nose. I mean, I think we both are pretty high on Mervis. I think we both had separate tweets over the last few weeks about how he's going to be a pretty solid pick, probably the starting first base before the Cubs next year. Maybe not an opening day, but early into the season. So, and Kier says probably not too far behind that, probably later on in 2023. But yeah, Matt Mervis, I think, is going to be a guy that really sneaks up on people because I don't think people realize how good of a year he had. People are like, oh, he's a little bit older, which he is. And you have to factor in age to level. But baseball growth and development is not linear. Some of these guys are, he's only 24. He's not 27. Let's first off say that. But look at what he did this year. In you know, between low, uh, excuse me, high A, double A, and triple A, 309, 379, 606, 40 doubles, 36 home runs. You know, walk rate was around 9%, K rate below 20%. I think this bat is legit. Is he going to be like a stud? Probably not, but I can see him being like a 270 to 280 hitter with 25, 30 home runs, maybe even more than that at Wrigley Field. So definitely a guy I like a lot in 2023 and beyond. You know, this is. Interesting, and I like Mervis a lot. Keith Law wrote a piece that said that Mervis could not hit a fastball. So I looked at the regular season, and his data against fastballs is just really good for what it's worth. So against forcing fastballs during the regularly regular season for minor leagues, he he chased eighteen percent of the time, which is fairly low. He only he had an eighty three percent zone contact against fastballs, and. 90th percentile EV of 106.3 against them. Good numbers really all around against fastballs. He had a, a Woba of 452 against fastballs. Only struck out 13.6% of the time. So also, I was listening to Aram Layton of Just Baseball talk about, because he's out at the AFL right now, and he actually talked to Mervis. And 
basically Mervis said that he's exhausted. Like this is going on game like 155 for him at this point in the season. And yeah. he's just did. I mean, he played 137 regular season games. Like, and that's by far the most he's played in his career. Like last year, 2021 was his career high at 73. And he's played 137 regular season, you know, plus the AFL. So again, we're only we need to take some of these things with a grain of salt. Like there is a lot of good things to take away from the AFL, but also like in a Mervis situation, like he didn't even need to go out there. Like what was the reason to send a guy that hit 36 home runs <laughs> in the regular season between three levels and hit 309? That tells me that they just want to see a little bit more of him and that he's going to be the the starter next year. And despite that, despite him being exhausted, as you mentioned, leading the league in home runs, 314 average, still getting on base, 375 clip, hitting the ball extremely hard. He's doing everything you want him to do. So, I, you know, I'm not worried a bit about Mervis. Like, if, if, if you read that and think that Mervis is going to uh, suck next year at the major leagues, he can't have fastball, like, I hope you listen to the numbers. I said that in the, the regular season. So, because he, he doesn't struggle against fastballs. Yeah, no, definitely did not sound like he did. Yeah, and I think people, I've heard some people when I might talk about Mervis, they're like, oh, no. I think they just have Frank Schwindel in the back of their head because obviously he came up, did well in 2021, second half of the year, was like one of the best hitters in baseball. And then obviously he completely fell off the cliff, like something out of Looney Tunes, fell off the cliff, Roadrunner, and he got an anvil up on his head. Like it was that bad this year. Yeah. But I, I'm not, and obviously it's hard to say what we can't predict the future here, which we could. That'd be great, right? But I think there's, I think there's more power in Mervis. He's that to fall back on. So I, I'm, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think I'm a little bit higher now than what I remember being on Schwindel at the same kind of like time in his career. So right, Schwindel was a non-prospect. Like that's yeah. the thing. When Schwindel came up, he was like a, a nobody. You want to the comp for Schwindel is Joey Manessis, not Matt Mervis. Yes, that that I would agree. Well, I do think Manessis has some staying power. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I would definitely. I'm more confident in Mervis than I am Manessas. That's for sure. Yeah, and if you want to talk about Mervis being old for the level and all that stuff, I get it. But also, he was in college through 2020, so he he missed the entire 2020 season. Obviously, he only got a few games in for the shutdown. Then they didn't have minor league ball that year, and 2021 was his first taste of professional ball, and. He went. He played in single A, and then he jumped to triple A at the end of the year. So, you know, it, it's really like he he's at the place that he should be despite his age. Like, I get that he's twenty four, but at the same time, like he's in his second year of professional baseball. So, yeah, he did good making it triple A, and he dominated triple A this year. He had fifty seven games triple A and held his own and was really good. So, yeah, you know, I'm not worried about the age at all. Nope. Like I said, prospect growth is not linear. Like some of these guys. Yeah, it's great to see all these studs at 19 and 20 and 18, like Chirio and Walker and Lawler. It's great. But sometimes you get a little bit older guys, 23, 24, and that's not old. Like, I think we've been spoiled by all these Jordan Walker types that we kind of forget that 23, 24 is not old. It's, is it older? Absolutely. But it's not like 27, 28. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited to get – I wonder where he was. We were just talking about, like, early uh, 2023 – ADP on we don't have any on fan tracks quite yet but the drafts just opened up as I mentioned best balls go do that but I want to see there's been four it must be just DCs yeah, done DCs on right on NFBC another good platform as well but 
let's see where I want to see where Mervis is. Let's see. 321. Were you guessing or did you just look? No, I've just pulled it up. <laughs> okay. I was like, man, because it's 321.5. I'm like, there's no way you did that. Though they have him as a free agent instead of on the Cubs. Fix oh, that. Geez. But yeah, that's dude. If he's at pack 300, I'll be taking a lot of shares of him back there. Because I like, uh, he's gonna be, if I'm going to wait on like another corner and feel bad, I'm going to get a lot of him. But I, I think we have to stop talking about him so much, Chris, so we can get him at an affordable price next that's year. True. Keep talking about him and tweeting about him and whatnot. People, you know, obviously people know about him, but don't want to drive that hype up too too much let's keep it in check here all right moving over to a pair of minnesota twins austin martin and edward julian and for some reason i can never type edward right the first time because it's the o-u-a part in the middle my fingers just do not like for whatever reason but both austin martin and edward julian hitting very well here to start austin martin i believe yeah he's second in the league and hits only behind heston kirsat he has 18 hits Slashing 439, 538, 561, seven steals, three extra base hits, a little bit of extra base hit power there, five walks to just three strikeouts, but still not impacting the ball a ton, 122 ISO overall. So it's kind of, you know, I'm good to see, it's good to see he's hitting for a good average again because that kind of went away this year. He hit 241 this year in double A as opposed to hitting like, I think 270 year before that. And this is a guy we thought, could have a 300 plus average, but that hasn't really panned out. So I'm still not sure. I moved him back up inside my top 200, but he's like 175 range. I guess he's more with the bat. I guess he's more impact there. But Julian's the one I'm really excited about. Now, I put out a tweet the other day that I'm trying to find here. He's in back to back years, he has a walk rate above, I think it was 15%, an ISO above 190, and a OBP above. 440 or 430 or something like that and, and 15 plus home runs and 15 plus deals he was 1834 in 2021 and 17 19 this year with a 300 441 490 slash line so i think he's flies under the radar because he's not, not flashy but obp skills are absolutely there you know solid power solid speed enough to get like 15 plus annually at both with a high average and high obp probably guy that hits high on the order when he settles in a lot to like here. He's definitely top 100 for me, no doubt, right now. Yeah, he's a really good ball player. He's as you mentioned. I don't really have much to add, but he's you know just it keeps excelling, and there's no reason to keep doubting him. I don't think at this point. I think you know what you're going to get from him, and I think you're looking at a really solid ball player who's versatile and can kind of play multiple positions. It'll be interesting. I know he played you know pretty much strictly second base this year, but he's played all over the diamond, which certainly helps his case. You know, for coming up and playing in Minnesota, the versatility is going to help him a ton. So he's an intriguing one. Martin Martin needed a big fall league more than any player that went, I think. His stock's just gone so far, you know, off the rails. And he's been good. He's got 18 hits so far, and that's a 439 average. The problem is there's just minimal power. He does have a home run, but just three extra base hits. He has, let's see, I had his data. Oh, yeah, he had 18 batted balls that registered at Salt River. <laughs> the average EV is not going to encourage anybody, though, and it's because it's 83.2 miles an hour, which is just you know, far from good. I don't really know what to make of him. You know, 22% hard hit rate, that's the issue. Like, he just doesn't impact the ball, as you kind of said. I don't know who he is, like – he may not even be a major league regular, and I'm concerned about that. 
at least with the bat. He, from a fantasy standpoint, he may just be a complete non-impact, which is highly possible. So it's encouraging to see him hitting, but like I really want to see Martin hit for power in this super power-friendly environment. He hasn't. Yeah, and just looking at what he did this year in AA, he had a .75 ISO. Yeah, 316 slug, two home runs, only 13 doubles. You figure like you figure he'd get more doubles than that just by his speed and his on base. He still had a 367 OBP, you know, good walk rate, keeps the K rate in check. Like he has that going for him, but yeah, he just and I when I saw him live, he just does not impact the ball at all. And I saw him live in 2021 and when he was at double A New Hampshire, when he was still in the Toronto org before they went over in the uh, Rio steal. I saw it then. It's just a, Power has not been there. He has a career seven home runs in 185 games with an ISO of 0. .94, 0. .94, I should say. It's just not there. I, mean, I think he's going to be a major league player. Yeah, but like you said, probably a backup. But Julian, I, I love a lot. And just adding Julian's stats here in the AFLs, I don't think we mentioned those. Uh, where'd he go? I just completely lost where other oh, is. In 10 games, 364, 543, 636 slash line. Three doubles, two home runs, one steal, 13 walks, 10 cases. Doing a lot more of what he's been doing for the last two years now. So I think he's definitely very, very underrated for fantasy purposes for sure. So we're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Antrax Toolshed is brought to you by Manscaped, who is best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance 4.0 Package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code TOOLSHED at manscaped.com. If you've ever tried to trim or groom downstairs and had an accident, then Manscaped is for you because the Performance 4.0 package has arrived and it will take your grooming game to the next level. Inside the package, you'll find the Performance 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Absolutely blown away by its performance and its craftsmanship. This 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to this advanced skin-safe technology. It's also waterproof and has a 4,000K LED spotlight that you need for your most precise shaves. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but Manscaped wants to take your grooming game to the next level with the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. It's also waterproof, provides the same proprietary skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Toner will change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. And Manscaped will even throw in two free gifts for you in the Performance 4.0 package, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and your boxers to another level. Take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com, get some new tools for your shed, and get 20% off while doing it using our code TOOLSHED. That's right, 20% off and free shipping worldwide using the code TOOLSHED at manscaped.com. All right, welcome back from the break. Next player on the docket here, Luis Angel Acuna. Started off really hot. He has cooled off a bit of late, but still having a pretty productive Arizona Fall League. And 
more importantly, we want to kind of want to highlight the power he's shown out there because that's the area of his game that he's kind of always hinted at, but more so has been thought of for than the speed and the average he was hitting for. Like this past year, he hit 277 between high A Hickory and double A Frisco with my screen keeps jumping around here 12 home runs and no that was last year 12 home runs 44 steals but basically the last two years 11 and 12 home runs and then 40 and 44 steals so the power is really taking a step forward here of late and chris will highlight some of the, the metrics there but look at what he's doing out in the arizona fall league in 12 games already has five extra base hits two doubles a triple and two home runs also has four steals only hitting 255, but with a 213 ISO. So very encouraging there. Maybe he's a 20 home run guy at some point. That would be great. But Chris can highlight right now some of the uh, metrics on him out in the Arizona Fall League as well. Ball consistently hard, not super hard on the high end with a max of 105.7. But his average of, of 94 is pretty encouraging. It puts him towards the top of all hitters. So I mentioned that Jordan Walker was 95-3. Yeah, so he's uh, right behind him. Yeah, Acuna has half the registered batted ball events because Walker plays every game in Salt River. But still, that's encouraging for 14 batted ball events. And the top end's pretty good, too. As I mentioned, his 90th percentile EV of 104.85 is really good. Like, minor league average this year was you know around 102. So, you know, pretty well above average there. The biggest issue with Acuna is hitting so many fly balls, 28-degree launch angle. That's far from <laughs> ideal. Yep. But two barrels, 36% hard hit rate, pretty solid there. So, you know, it gets pretty. Con- if he gets more consistent with the launch angle, then I think Acuna could really fly up boards. He does bring a lot to the table. So I, I love what I've seen. Do you think he can get to be, you know, a 20-home run level? Because if he adds even, like, you know, high teens, maybe low 20s, a little bit at peak to – probably what looks like to be a 25 plus steel profile and you know solid enough average and OBPs. That's a potential, you know, he's probably not being ranked high enough. Like where, where do I have him ranked? It's probably not high enough. He is, I have, I have him at 66 right now. I think he probably should be top 50 at this point. Let's see if he keeps showing that additional power, he might be top 25 before too long. Yeah. I don't see why not. I mean, the numbers support him being a 20 home run bat, I think. And you mentioned the hit and the speed is, is legit. So I need to bump him up too. I've got him at 84. I think he's he's worthy to go top 50 probably. I mean, I just moved him to 48. I think that's a good spot. But like, yeah. who would you rather have, Acuna or Nick Gonzalez? I'd rather have Acuna at this point. How about Acuna? That's not many. A lot of, not a lot of middle infielders in this range. Let's go Acuna or let's just go any other hitter. Or Curtis Mead. Still trust Mead's bat a little more, so I've got Mead a little yeah, higher. That's fair. I'm I'm going up in my ranking. So, but Acuna yeah, yeah. or, you know, honestly, who do you like, Acuna or Luciano? I think is actually a valid discussion at this point. I still hung Luciano pretty high. I've still got him in the twenties, and I still believe in the bat. But I, I think I'd take Acuna over Zach Veen at this point, which might be crazy, but. I, I don't see why not at this point, right. honestly. Oh, I actually have – I I thought I had Veen high. I have Veen 46 right now. Yeah. I have 28 last update. I bumped him to 46. So, yeah, I have Acuna 48 right now. Yeah, I might take – you know, they're actually kind of s- somewhat similar profiles, at least to some degree. But <laughs> It's just crazy, but you're I right. know, right? Absolutely crazy. How about Acuna or Joey Weimer? Probably Acuna, just more consistent. I think Weimer's upside is tremendous, but I'd rather bet on – just being more consistent. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, he's definitely 
Like all these guys are in like the 35 to 50 range for me. So I think he's definitely in that range for sure. So yeah, bump, bump up to 48 overall. He's at, I was a little too low on him. See, we I love these like on the fly updates on the pod. Those are always fun. Get talking about them. You're like, hey, why do I have him ranked uh, where I do? Whether you have to bump him up or down. It's always fun. I love how baseball reference still has him listed as Jose Acuna also. Right. It's interesting. I, I've never seen anywhere else call him Jose Acuna besides baseball right. reference. I don't get it. Be able to look at his profile picture, you could absolutely tell that him and Ronald are, are related. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They look For so sure. similar. It's ridiculous. Watch him swing the bat. You, you I know, right? Yeah. I don't think he'll, he'll ever get to uh, Ronald's power, but man, like, definitely got some good uh, baseball genes in that family. Is this like, another Acuna? Is it Brian? Is it Brian? Brian, yeah. Brian yeah. yeah. I think it's like Brian, like B R Y A N, I want to say, or something like that. Yeah, a lot of good baseball genes in that family. What can I get some of that in my family? Got nobody though. I do have Gavin Cross, though no relation. But <laughs> at least I have my namesake in the minor leagues now as a as a fantasy relevant prospect. So that's pretty cool. All right, who's next here, Chris? Oh, Reese Hines. So this is kind of we've been talking a lot of positives here. Reese Hines is kind of going the other way. He's in thirteen games. He's already struck out twenty five times. Next highest is seventeen, which is actually has some curious. He's checking out a little bit too much, but. Hines is blowing everybody else away in this in the K department, and that's really no surprise. Like we were kind of joking, but talking about Hines before we started recording that he, he might win the home run derby while we're out there. He's got that type of power, but he's also just strikes out way too much. Look at this year in between it was mostly at high A, a little bit in double A, a little bit in, in the rookie ball as well. 125 K's in just 79 games, and that is a K rate of 38. Point eight percent hit 12 home runs who's been running a little bit as well 15 steals i don't think it's ever gonna be a big part of his game but i don't know like obviously the power is very intriguing but contact skills are not there it strikes out way too much i don't know if he ever even makes it to the major leagues i hate to say that because the power is fun but i don't know there's just so much to clean up here and it's not like he walks a ton the walk rate's okay what is it it was 7.8 percent that's okay but it's too many Ks. He's gonna get, he's already getting eaten up alive at the lower levels. That's when you get worse in the higher levels. So if, you, if you're putting up near 40% K rate in high A, what do you get to triple A in the majors? He's 50 plus percent. Like he's just eating up alive. So he's not anybody I'm really targeting right now at all or even want on any team right now. No, I think he'll win the AFL home run derby, but yeah, I don't think like, he's, he's going to be a fantasy contributor personally. <laughs> Yeah, it's just you can't strike out that much and get away with it. And he's he's already not he's hitting what's his career average here in the minor leagues two forty with a key rate about thirty seven percent overall. So yeah, it's just that's all been in the low minors. He only has six games in double A, so he's gonna get eaten up. And, and he had 12, 12 strikeouts in twenty nine point appearances in those six games in double A Chattanooga. So yeah. Not really looking for, you know, have any high hopes for Reese Hines. We're going to get one pitcher in here. Which we have a couple more pitchers on the list a little further down, but Kumar Rocker is just getting some work in, which is good to see. You know, the numbers aren't really great. I don't know how much you want to take from that, but he's walking a ton of guys. But I don't really look too much in the pitcher walks here because a lot of times they're working on stuff, whether it be grips or just new pitches or, or whatever they're working on. But He's gotten aid in five innings so far, over three different appearances, seven walks to five Ks, you know, so whatever. You know, not looking really at stats. It's fun to see him actually in game action out there for surprise. You know, have you gotten any, have you been watching any of Rocker's outings here, Chris? What, what have been your thoughts on him? 
Yeah, I mean, he's been up and down, like just super inconsistent. The fastball command is is pretty poor from what I've seen. The the fastball set in 94 to 97, which is fine. He just can't find the strike zone. Like when you're, you know, throwing it less first strike less than 50% of the time, I think it's an issue. Sliders looked really good at times, but it's had its times where it's just not there also. And that's the concern. The changeup is interesting. There's just no velo separation. He's throwing the changeup and it's sitting like 90, 91. So if you're throwing a 94 mile an hour fastball and a 90 mile an hour changeup, like there needs to be a little more separation, I think, there, right. in my opinion. So he's going to really have to work on that. The delivery's been pretty atrocious. I'm not sure what he's doing. Just super inconsistent. Like every pitch, the delivery looks a little bit different. And that has some concern. Like maybe he's working on stuff, but he just doesn't look comfortable on the mound. And maybe you can chalk that up to the fact that he hadn't pitched in so long in game. But like someone his talent level should be dominating out here, in my opinion. Like the pitching talent is just not here. And from a talent standpoint, like Rocker should be like the clear cut best pitcher here, but he just really hasn't from what I've seen. Yeah. And it's just, it's really bizarre to see like, what he's been doing, like as I've watched him, like the the arm slot is is funky, like kind of changing it up. And as I mentioned, the delivery just super inconsistent, not repeating it well at all. So he's got a lot of work to do. I think the arm strength good, like the touch of his pitches is there from time to time, but just not often. And that's that's the concerning aspect. Like he's really going to have to put in some work to to get back to the level where. I want to draft. I'm not. I'm not touching him in FYPD. The name value is going to push him too high. I'm just pretty much out on him right now because I think he's a reliever. I was literally just about to say that. I'm not gonna like. I hate to go there this early in a in a player's career, but I I see so much reliever risk with him, and I think he could be a, a pretty damn good one. You know, just going with like the fastball slider combination there. Like you mentioned the slider is absolutely elite when he's when he's throwing it well, but. There's just so many red flags. Like you mentioned the, the, the delivery. You know, command's always been spotty, though he had better walk rates than Jack Leiter did in their Vanderbilt days. But I don't know. It's in Leiter. I'm not, you know, I, I hate to compare the two, but in Leiter's struggles too have me a bit concerned as well. Like I said, I'm not doing a, a direct comp there, but I don't know. I, I wasn't even as high on Rocker as I was Leiter, you know, coming out of, yeah. out of Vanderbilt. So. I think I think there's still a path for him to have some value as a reliever. I think he could be an impactful one, but obviously that's still less valuable than him being an impactful starter. So yeah, he's where do I have him in my rankings here for FYPD? Probably around twenty. Oh, look, twenty in the dot. It's funny. And overall, that probably puts him one seventy range, one eighty three overall. I might even drop him down a little bit lower, but. Yeah, obviously a wide variance of outcomes here with Rocker. But I'm hoping we get to see him at least once. Maybe probably only be for a couple of innings, but right. I'm hoping we get to see him out there in our, our four or five days out there. Yeah, it'd be really good to get a look at him, honestly. Like what like maybe at that point, like that'd be a month of pitching. Like he's gotta be settled in more, but maybe it's not because his delivery still looks like crap and he's not finishing it at this point, like in his latest start. So Maybe in two weeks he will, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not betting on it. <laughs> Maybe that's just him shaking off some rust, like you said from that layoff. Who knows? But he's definitely uh, definitely one to keep an eye on both the rest of this AFL next next few weeks and you know, into 2023. When he'll have his his minor league debut, it'll be fun to see 
I'm sure they probably put him like, I don't know, high A or something like that. Maybe double A. I don't know how they're going to do it, but probably high. I don't think Texas will put him. Well, they put him double. They put lighter double A to start. So maybe it would probably be either higher double A. But anyway, it'd be fun to see how he starts out next year. Really keep an eye on him moving forward. Next name here. We've got some under the radar performers here. We've got a bunch of names on the list. We won't go super deep into them all. But really, there's a, a pair of teammates from the old, from the same orgs, I should say. Mason Auer and Ronnie, I think it's Simone from Tampa Bay, and then Justin Henry Malloy and Cal Conley from the Braves. We'll start with the Atlanta duel here. You know, we're putting out our top 20 combined Arizona, Arizona, Atlanta Braves prospects here for dynasty purposes on Fantrix HQ today on Monday. So check that out. But I think we both have Malloy number one, and everything you've heard about him recently is absolutely glowing. Chris, you know, obviously, maybe he's not the same caliber prospect or maybe you do think he is as like Avon Grissom was this time last year but definitely exciting from me Atlanta perspective for sure yeah he's not gonna start the year where Grissom did in my rankings but I think there is a fair argument for him to be a top 100 prospect at this point with what he's done I mean he was a really good hitter in college and it's just really translated well for him in the majors now I didn't really expect this to happen with him but he just does a lot of things well and i describe him a lot like i described grissom he's just a ball player he's yep. he's built like a baseball player he's not going to stand out in any one particular place with his bat but he's going to do all the right things he made it a triple a this year and between high a to triple a you know it was obp of 408 289 average like good stuff there 17 home runs five stolen bases. So I'm not expecting a ton in the steals department, which is fine. Like he's got enough power, I think in the bat plus the OVP skills are, are really encouraging with, with Malloy. Yeah. So overall this year also hit 289, 28 doubles, 17 home runs, 16.2% K rate, 23.4% strikeout rate, 62% walk rate, excuse me. And a 165 ISO. Yeah. I, I have him in like the 160 ish range now. So I'm a little lower on him, but I do think there's definitely some group uh, room for growth. Like I said, in my Atlanta Braves, like we were putting out early looks at our Atlanta Braves rank or team by team prospect rankings on Patreon. And I added this like a little blurb on him. I said he could rise into the 50 to 70 range for me. Which he'll pro- maybe you think he debuts for probably he debuts at some point for Atlanta, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah. So maybe second half of the year, see how he starts out in AAA. But yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, I, I don't see top you know, more than top 50, probably that 50, 75 range. But yeah, definitely there's a lot of good things about him. And then Cal Conley as well. I have him more on like the five to 10 range of my Atlanta top 20 here, but he had, you know, an okay year. You know, Slashman doesn't blow you away. 251, 318, 420, like 20 doubles, 16 home runs, 36 steals, 8% walk rate, 19.9% K rate, and a 169 ISO. He's kind of teetering on the back end of my top. 400 right now like the speed is there you know a little bit of pop but i see anybody you're excited about for fantasy purposes chris mm, not really honestly like i just maybe he ends up being better than i think but i just feel like this is like brandon shoemake all over again yeah and shoemake's done absolutely nothing in my opinion people still like shoemake and i just don't see it i don't um, i don't like him I, I shoemake might be like maybe best case scenario backup infielder but that's probably like it the positive is that Conley runs a little better, I think, and, and will steal yeah. bases. The power's just really not there, and the average really isn't either, which is a concern when you look at you know the level he's at. So 
I'm not a, a big fan of, of Conley personally. I don't I don't really see him as a a fantasy prospect, which is it's tough. I don't know. He he's not going to be in my Braves top ten. Yeah, no, he is just because I don't know. The Braves system isn't <laughs> great right now. Right. It's, but hey, so, they've graduated a, a lot of guys, and they're all mm-hmm. helping them out in the major leagues. You know, winning a World Series last year, and then you know getting to the ALDS again this year. But yeah, it's a rough system right now. So I think he, he's top ten for me. But I don't know. I'm, I'm that's not a like a endorsement for him. Like I said, he's not maybe not even top. He was not in my 400 last ranking. He's like teetering right around 400. So maybe he gets in. I don't know. But yeah, I'm not super high on him either. But you know, one that I'm I'm really starting to move up my rankings here that I was you know a bit slow to catch on to was Mason Hour from Tampa Bay this year, 21 years old, played in both low A and high A, combined in 529 play appearances, 290, 372, 487, walk rate above 10%, K rate just above 20%, a lot of extra base hits, 21 doubles, 12 triples, 15 home runs, and 40 steals was, was only caught seven times. And out in the AFL doing a lot of similar stuff. 263, 15, 520 line, three doubles, two triples, two home runs, six steals, you know, striking out a little bit too much. But he's a, one that I had well underranked. I moved him up. And I know Chris Welsh, I think, is pretty big on him as well. I've seen some tweets from Welsh on Mason Hour. I moved Hour up to right around 200 overall in my rankings. I think that's pretty fair. But uh, is he moving up your rankings as well? And to where, Chris? Yeah, he's interesting. Like, where where do I see him long term? I guess is the thing, and he's he's really popped off this year, which makes me want to push him higher. I'm at two forty six currently. That that probably will change. Like, I want to see what he looks like, you know, in the live look. I think that's that's going to be something yeah. I really want to see. I haven't seen a ton of video on him, honestly. So, I want to see what he looks like in person. The stats certainly are, are there. His AFL numbers are kind of meh, but it is fine. Like his regular season numbers kind of did all the talking. Like, where does his power end up? I, and I'm kind of wondering that as well. He hit 15 this year between low and high A, 21 years old. So he was a little old and low A, but high A, 21 high A is fine, in my opinion. You know, he was a college bat and not really talked about much out of Missouri state and he's been surprisingly good. I'm just curious to see what he looks like in person before I, I make any big moves on him. Right. Yeah. The uh, good old Missouri state tiger. No, that Missouri's the tigers. What's the st- Missouri state mascot? I have no idea because it's not a big school. <laughs> I know. Right. You know, the M- Mizzou is the tigers. Yeah. Mizzou is the tigers. Wait, wait I got to find this out though. Cause let's see Missouri state mascot is Boomer the bear. Okay. Oh, that is the most like friendly looking bear. That is not scary at all. That's probably why they're not a good, you know, school for sports. Are are they green? Is their logo like green? I'm seeing a lot of maroon here. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know who's green. I'm thinking. But of. this is like it's like a teddy bear you get your kid. Like get get the, get that for you know your two year old you know kid or nephew or something like that at a birthday party. That's like <laughs> what you get. Like this is so he's cuddly. He's smiling. He's like goofy. And his name is Boomer. It's cool. Like that's not scary, not at all. Well, the the actual mat, like the logo, is more frightening, right? But the the actual like I'm saying like the dude in the in the actual like mascot outfit, very not threatening. But anyway, a little a little side rant there. Got several other names on the list here. We won't like I said we won't go super deep into them, but 
But some of the other names we have on here is kind of under the radar stand-up performers so far. Lawrence Butler from Oakland, nice little power speed blend so far. Same with John Rave from Kansas City. Joey Wentz and TJ Sikama, Detroit and Kansas City, both performing well on the pitching side. The last one I wanted to get into, and I'm, if you want to get into any of those other guys, Chris, feel free, obviously. But the one I wanted to talk about was Emmett Sheehan. Because, like, what another Dodgers pitching prospect. What a shock, right? It's like every few months, he's like another one that's really popping up out of nowhere here. And he performed very well. But I think because all the other names ahead of him in the org, he kind of gets a little undervalued. And I, I, I got to give a shout out to, I believe it was James Anderson, was kind of the one I saw personally being pretty high on him earlier on this year. But in 68, 68 innings between high A and double A, most of that was at high A, 291 ERA, 1.09 whip, and 106 strikeouts, just 31 walks. That's a K rate of 38%. Walk rate, a little bit high, but at 11.1%. Really good change up here with Sheehan. But you know, is he a guy that you think can follow – the uh, kind of Gavin Stone route and get up into that top 100 here pretty soon, Chris? Seems that way. His, his arsenal's really good and yeah. kind of mimics just the Dodgers' way, honestly, which is just crazy what they do with pitching. And hopefully that, that, these are the pitchers I want to get a look at is Rocker and Sheehan above anybody. I mean, Sheehan's changeup is so, so good. And yeah. that, that may be his best pitch in my opinion, but probably he's just, uh, he's got it going on and, I'm I'm really curious to see if we get to see him in a start because like we saw, we last year we saw Bobby Miller and then who followed him? The um, other Dodgers was it was it Knack? Yes, Landon Knack. We really yeah. liked what we saw from him. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to see Sheehan. If we could see Sheehan, Rocker, and even Tink an Hens. inning from Tink Hens, that would be awesome. I want to see that, Carson Wisenhunt. He's one yes. that I'm really interested to see. If we can just get some combination of of those guys, just get a couple, even if it's just two of them, I'd be yeah. I, I take even one, but you know, we're only going to be out there for a handful of days. We only can see so many games, but yeah, it'd be fun to get a couple of uh, live books. Like Priester's out there too. Yeah. I think he actually leads the league in innings pitch so far, yeah. but I already saw Priester this year and I like him enough, yeah. but I want to see some of these guys that I haven't several times. So yeah. So I want to see some, some of these guys that I haven't had a chance to see, but right. Uh, did you want to get into anybody else here on the list, Chris? Or I do want to mention it? Lawrence Butler. I think that Lawrence yeah. Butler is going to be an old name in the prospect world next year, and not just because of his performance in the fall league, which has been really good. But I really like the power speed blend, as you kind of mentioned with Butler. And yeah, there's some swing and miss concern, but he's not been as bad in the AFL with the swing and miss. I get it. I know the pitching's not nearly as good, but it is encouraging to see him not striking out as much. So we mentioned like Reese Hines still striking out a ton. So it's been encouraging. He's walking more than he struck out. That's a, a pretty big deal. And the thing is, like, he's posted pretty solid OBPs despite a high walk rate. And he's in he only played 342 plate appearances this year, but 11 home runs and 13 stolen bases. But when you look at Butler's profile, I think that the powers certainly could blossom. He hit the ball really hard several times. One of the higher max EVs of the group, and I mentioned that 110 mile an hour threshold. He just missed it at 109.3. You know, 92 and a half mile an hour average EV. Not as many batted balls, ten batted balls, but still, yeah, the 90th percentile of, of 106 is is really high. So. I think Butler could be intriguing and really move up boards if he can keep the strikeouts down. But I think he's a name that you should pick up now and just really see where it goes because 
the power's there, the speed's there. It's just going to come down to the contact skills. Absolutely, yeah. And, and this is really the second year in a row he's performed pretty well. Like he was a non-prospect for fantasy purposes yeah. before you know twenty twenty miss season because he was a sixth round pick by Oakland back in twenty eighteen. So didn't have that high draft slot, and he didn't do really anything of note. He was just flat out bad in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen in you know uh, rookie ball, and then in the New York Penn League back then in the short season A. But then 2021, like something happened over that the uh, time off because 19 home runs, 29 steals, slash 273, 367, 504. And then, Christy, you mentioned the stats this year. So you look at the last two years combined, 183 games, 30 home runs, and 42 steals and 43 doubles as well. And doesn't get caught that much either. So only been caught 10 times in the last two years combined. So, yeah, definitely some interesting power speed blend here if that hit tool can come along and – we know with Oakland guys that tends to be a bit difficult. So hopefully it can with him, but he definitely has the upside. He's got very six three two ten strong athletic guy. Plays a little first and some corner outfield as well. So yeah, definitely very intrigued by Lawrence Butler. I have him like in the three hundred range right now. Probably move him up a little bit, not like a ton, but maybe two twenty five two fifty range. I can see, but yeah, definitely got a could pop next year for sure. But that is going to wrap us up. A lot of fun AFL talk here, and we'll have more in a couple of weeks, some live looks, and we'll get all of that live video up on our YouTube channel as well. So be sure to be on the lookout for that, along with a lot of other fun videos, player breakdowns, rankings, videos, a lot of fun stuff there. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter, Chris, that Roto Clay. I am at Eric Cross 04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at Fantrax HQ or over on our Patreon, of course. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care.